0: Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage-building content. As a young boy, I was, I was taller than my second-grade teacher. And that might sound good, but it wasn't good. I was, I was really, really, really tall. And I had a, a, my tooth knocked out, and I had a cap on there. My brothers, Damon and Lucifer... Uh, they, they called me Bucky the Silvertooth Beaver, and I had several things that happened to me when I was a young boy that scarred me, you know. And I never had a problem with girls, and I never had a problem with anybody, but internally I felt like a freak. There was just a message inside of me that happened to me when I was about maybe second or third grade, but internally there was something inside of me. I always thought of myself as a freak. And, and I had tremendous amount of fear and rather, I didn't know how to deal with it and so rather than dealing with it in the passive sense of just being fearful and carrying down I just had my guard up all the time you know, I, I would stick out my chest and stick out my chin and just dare you I would, that's the way I, would, I grew up thought all, all the time is because if you cross me, you know but I was masking fears Karen's fears were rejection, disconnection disconnect me disconnecting from her being devalued Failure and abuse. Karen Karen feared those things, but we were both tremendously fearful in our relationship. It it had all kinds of implications. Here are the four curses of fear. Here are the four things that fear does in our marriages. Number one, fear makes us selfish. You know, people in the hospital are not writing get well soon cards because when you're hurting, you're self-absorbed. The Bible says, 1 John 4:18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear invo- involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Let me tell you something. One of the things that, see, I didn't understand God when Karen and I first got married. I didn't understand the nature of God. But one of the things that being a believer for 40 years has done with me is I have absolutely no fear in my relationship with God. I understand how much he loves me. I understand what a phenomenal father he is. And I understand that he never uses fear in any way to control us. And number one, it causes me to love him that much more. And number two, I don't fear that he's going to send me to hell. I don't fear that every time I make a mistake that he's mad at me and going to bop me. I just, there's not fear in my relationship with God. And because of that, there's no, no more fear in my relationship with Karen. We don't have that same sick fear, but we had it. But it caused you to be selfish. When you're fearful, you're always strategizing of how you're going to be okay. That's what it caused you to do. I'm always thinking, it's a chess game. I'm always thinking of how I can move this to keep you from doing this to hurt me and to make my fears come true. So it's this chess game rather than it just being this, you know, trusting, intimate relationship where we don't have all that drama going on. The second thing is it makes us sinful. Fear makes you sinful. When you'll do your worst things when you're fearing. The worst things you say to your spouse, you'll do when you're under the influence of fear. The worst things you do as a human, many times are motivated by fear. The ne- next thing is it makes us say ne- negative and damaging words. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And you'll notice now a lot of times, when you're in an argument, and I'll tell you a story in just a minute that it'll help you to, to understand some things. But when you're, you're in an argument with your spouse, you'll notice sometimes when you say the worst things, what you're feeling is fear. They're, they're doing or saying something that's touching something in your life, you feel fearful and you begin to say things and do things that are inappropriate and very hurtful. Number four, fear makes us stupid. It makes us selfish, it makes us sinful, it makes us say bad things and it makes us stupid is that there is... Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. A sound mind. When you're not under the influence of fear, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you're thinking right thoughts and you have a sound mind. But but fear makes us stupid. That We go into a fear dance. I want to talk about Gary Smalley, one of my absolute heroes um, in marriage. But he, he wrote a book called The DNA of Relationships. And in there... He talks about fear and he talks about the fear dance. And one of the the premises of his book is we all have core fears that we're dealing with. I believe every person has core fears that they're dealing with. For men, for women, women's core fears typically relate to disconnection, not being heard and being valued, losing love and appreciation. I, I believe that's absolutely true. Let me read that one more time. Women, when women are dealing with fear in their marriages, it's disconnection. I fear my husband disconnecting. I fear not being heard and valued. I fear losing love and appreciation. Here are men's core fears. Helplessness. Being controlled. Failure and disrespect. And I completely, I, I agree with both of Those. And so what Gary Smalley talks about is the fear dance. And here are the steps in the fear dance that he describes in his book so well. I hurt, I want, I fear, I react. Then you hurt, you want, you fear, you react, and we get into a cycle of fear. There's, I'm hurting because of an issue in my life. It may be something from my past, it may be something related to you, but because I'm hurting, I want a solution. And so I, I work, you know, kids, eating, drinking, however I'm dealing with, with this, I'm trying to find a solution, but I fear. I fear that you're going to control me. I fear you're going to disrespect me. I fear you're going to do this. I fear you're going to do this. And so I react. I say something, I do something, and now you want, you fear. All the same things go into motion. Let me, let me tell you a story that I think Uh, explains this real well. A friend of mine is a psychologist, a very good psychologist, Christian psychologist, and he um, had a situation that happened one day that he was, his wife called and said, hey, when are you going to be home? He said, well, I'm going to be home at 5.30, whatever. She said, great, I'll I'll have dinner on the table. You know, when you get here, He said, great. And so right before he was walking out of his office, uh, some people came to his office, and it was a suicide situation. There was a person that had attempted suicide, was in the process of trying to kill themselves. And so he being, you know, a special specializing in that area and being, you know, adept at doing that, they walk in, he immediately takes them in. It's very intense, it's a very difficult situation. But basically, in the process of this, he saves a life. So he goes home, and uh, he's just going to think he's going to walk in the house, and his wife's going to, you know, say... You know, what happened? You know, why were you late? He was going to say, well, I just saved a life. And she was going to say, you're my hero. Yeah. Well, that's not what happened. She was furious. And she, he walked in the house, and she was yelling and screaming and just throwing a fit. And he said, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. And, and there, there weren't cell phones back then, by the way. And so this is the day before. There was a day before cell phones. Okay. <laughs> so, he, so he, and he probably should have called her from the office, but he didn't. He walks in the house. And when he walked in, she was furious. And he kept he kept trying to say to her, honey, you don't understand what just happened. Let me try to explain it to you. Well, she wasn't listening. She was just furious. Well, understand, both of them felt fear. He felt the fear of being disrespected and misunderstood. She felt the fear that he didn't care anything about her sitting at home with the kids and with a cold meal on the table, that he wasn't communicating and his job was taking her or him away from her, both of them were feeling fear. And here's here's what I want to submit to you: some of our worst fights are when we're feeling fear. Is there, the fear is at the core of it, and that fear has got to be disarmed. That fear has got to be understood and disarmed. Let, let me talk about the sources of our fears for just a minute. So you say, well, what do you fear? Well, first of all, let me talk about desires. We we fear our needs and wants being unmet. We have some of our most basic fears just you know have to do with basic needs. For example, our deepest need is the need for love. Every person fears rejection more than anything else. I I fear you rejecting me. Okay, and this and when you fear being rejected, it causes you to close your heart and to protect yourself. See, because I fear you rejecting me, I'm going to always keep the door shut or just barely open so if you do reject me it won't hurt so much because nothing would hurt so bad is completely giving myself to you and then you rejecting me so that fear always causes me in some way to lessen the amount of intimacy I'm going to allow in the relationship I fear you rejecting me my marital needs for a man honor sex friendship domestic support a woman security communication Affection, leadership, I fear you not meeting my needs. And so things like that. Another cause of fear is just simply design. We're not control we're not designed from God to be controlled. We all fear control. And the worst controllers are the person who fear control. And they take control so they won't be controlled. Another reason that we fear is damage from our past. When you have experienced something in your past that you don't want to experience again it triggers tremendous fear within your life. And so you, you went through abuse, you went through rejection, you went through a divorce, you went through whatever you went through. And so I fear re-experiencing that thing. And another way to say that is I have an open wound. There's an open wound in my life, and through that wound, the devil accesses the, the wounds of our lives. And because of that, I have tremendous fear of, of that being re-experienced. Um, the, there was a man that, that I counseled, and he completely controlled the finances of their home. His wife didn't have a credit card. His wife had no knowledge of any of the finances in their home. Well, actually, it, it, was, it was really even worse than that. Um, she thought they were broke. And I got called to their house one night um, the, uh, to break up. Well, she was leaving him. And she thought they were broke. Uh, she wouldn't give, he wouldn't give her any money. And then a bank statement came in the mail, and she found out that they had hundreds of thousands of dollars in several banks. That's when the fight started. <laughs> and uh, it all went back to his fear of financial failure, and so he controlled everything. And part of control is controlling information. There are three voices in your life you've got to discern. God's voice, the devil's voice, and your voice. Okay. Okay. And so you say, well, how do I discern the devil's voice? Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Here's how you know the devil's voice. It's always always anti-faith. It doesn't believe in the Bible. The, The devil, when the devil's speaking to you, it's always questioning. Remember, the first words the devil ever spoke to a human were, has God surely said, has God surely said questioning the Word of God, okay? Rather than power, it's timidity. It's, it's like, rather than stepping out and doing what God says, God has given us power. God has given us faith to step out and to act with certainty upon the Word of God. It's anti-love. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love. Fear is the opposite of love. There is no fear in love. And the person who fears has not been perfected in love. So there's always it's it's fearful, it's and it's anti loving. And the third thing is it's anti biblical. It's not sound, it's not sound reasoning. So when the devil's coming to talk to you, when the God is talking to you, God's voice is always loving. God is the most loving person I've ever known. You have you have to learn to expose the devil. See, sometimes when this thing is going off in you and it's accessing this hurt or this fear from your past or whatever it is and speaking to you, you can't let that thing direct your actions. You've got to shut it down and take authority over it in the name of Jesus. And every believer has authority over Satan. Jesus said in Luke 10, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. You say, well, why are so many Christians getting their clock cleaned? They're not using the authority. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing shall by any means harm you. We have authority over the devil. When the devil, when a spirit of fear comes through that hurt, comes through that wound comes through that sin, comes through that failure, comes through that person we have got to learn to discern our thoughts to uncover the devil and to take that thought captive. Any thought you don't take captive will take you captive. And the devil wants to destroy our marriages. Here's how to overcome fear and to become one in marriage. Number one, take off your fig leaves. Stop acting like you don't have fear. You do. You have fear. All of us have fear. I have fear. Okay, so we just have to get it out in the open and just say we're not going to hide from each other We're not going to hide from God. Listen, I've learned that every issue in my life is an open conversation between God and me All of my feelings all of my failures all of my sins all of my sin tendencies He knows it anyway. He loves me. It's a throne of grace. I'm going to go to daddy I'm not going to run and I'm not going to hide darkness is the devil's domain. He loves silence and he loves secrecy Because light heals us, but the devil works in darkness. So make it an open issue. And with your spouse, you can just say to your spouse, honey, that makes me afraid, and I know that's wrong. But I'm just telling you I feel afraid, and I want you to help me deal with that. Rather than acting like you're not afraid, or acting like you're tough. Secondly, take responsibility for your own behavior. Remember what Adam did when God confronted Adam. He said, I was afraid because I was naked. And then he said, it's her fault. Blame transfer was the original sin of marriage. Is transferring the fault. Most people in marriage think, if my spouse would change, that's all I need. Most people do. I I remember believing that very strongly. Is, you know, if, if Karen would just change, I could have a happy life. But it's always both of us. And I can't change Karen, but I can change myself. And even if I'm only 15% of the problem, I can change that 15%. And I just need to take responsibility. And it's especially helpful when you repent to your spouse. And you go to them, this is what began to, I'd never said I was wrong in, in years of marriage. But what began the healing in our marriage is when I stopped the tough act and repented to Karen and became vulnerable. And that's when the light began to be shown on things and God began to heal our relationship. Uh, Number three step is turn everything to God and trust Him. Your needs, your wants, to change your spouse, to heal your hurts, rather than hiding these things, turn them to God. What Karen and I have learned to do, the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is we both get alone with God. And when I get alone with God, I take my fears to God. I take my hurts to God. I take my wants to God. And if there's an issue in my marriage, I ask the Lord to change Karen, not me. Because if there's something wrong with Karen, God can fix her from the inside, and I don't have to manipulate her and dominate her. But, you know, a lot of times when I'm asking for the Lord to change Karen, it's actually me that needs change. But God always knows who needs to change. And so trust in God. Do not let... God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. When you go to God and you trust in God, He'll fill you with love. He'll fill you with power. He'll fill you with a sound mind. and It'll make a different spouse out of you. And when both of you are doing it, fear dies. Fear dies. And here's the, here's the last thing. Treat fear as an enemy and don't let it control you. Expect it. Expect fear. Expect it. Inspect it. When fear comes into your life, don't, normal, don't normalize it. Don't, don't host it. See, there's nothing wrong with the bird landing on your roof. Just don't build a nest for it. You're going to feel fear. I'm going to feel fear. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to let it build a nest in my heart. I'm not going to let it control my behavior. So I expect fear to try to attack me. And then I'm going to inspect it. And every time fear comes in, If it doesn't agree with God's word and God's will, it's gone. I'm taking authority over it. I reject it. That's the third thing. I reject it. I have authority over it. It is a spirit, and I can come against it. And if there are wounds or hurts or failure in my life that it's accessing through, I'm going to turn that to God or I'll go get counseling. I'll go get help somewhere else to help to heal these things. But the bottom line is this. When Karen and I uh, got married, we were full of fear. We're not full of fear anymore. Karen believed that God hated her. Karen believed she couldn't get saved. Karen has a very, very intimate relationship with the Lord. She has no fear of me. She has no fear of God. She's just a peaceful person. So am I. So does that mean we never have fear? No, we still have fears. But we understand it. We we reject it. We take authority over it. Rather than letting it nest in our marriage and separate us as, as people, all of us have fears. And most of us, when we get, you know, when you're growing up and things happen to you, you don't know how to deal with that stuff. And the devil's so evil, he will attack a little child and just fill you full of fear.
1: Hey there, we are Dave and Ashley Willis with Marriage Today, and today we're going to talk about a really important issue, and that's fear. We need to talk about how does fear affect how we respond to our spouse.
2: It's such a great question. In fact, we've got some questions from viewers today, and thank you, by the way, for taking the time to send in questions on email on Facebook, we read all of these, and a few have been picked out today to talk about on air, and these are some good ones. I come from a family with broken marriages and divorce. I desire to marry, but am afraid because I know the pain marriage causes. How can I overcome this fear? You know, That's such an honest, heartfelt question. I think a lot of folks can relate to that, so I appreciate your courage in sharing sharing that question and that perspective, because when all we've seen in marriage is brokenness, we think, why would I want to go there? Um, and that's why those of us who are married, one of the best gifts you can give your children is modeling a healthy marriage that makes them excited to be married instead of instead of afraid of marriage. But right. if you never had that example, especially if you're a single person, you're thinking, I just don't know if I, want, if I want to go there. How can we overcome that fear?
1: You know, that is a big one. I think, first and foremost, counseling is a really important aspect of this. Sure. I think sometimes You know, if we've had something traumatic through our childhood, like maybe we did witness our parents fighting all throughout our childhood and they ultimately divorced, there's a lot to process there and a lot to unpack. So I think it's really healthy to go and and talk through this with a Christian counselor. You know, I have a dear friend of mine uh, who shared with me that she really, in the beginning of her marriage, was really kind of punishing her husband for the things that her father did to her mother that she saw growing up. And so when she went into the marriage, she was just extremely fearful that her husband was gonna go cheat on her or that he was gonna, you know, if he had a different opinion, you know, other than hers, she was afraid that this fight was just gonna ultimately, you know, break up their marriage. And so there was such fear in the beginning and he really had to sit down with her and he said, listen, I love you. I am not your dad. You know, please don't treat me like I'm your dad and that I'm going to do the same thing that he did to your mother. Yeah. This is our marriage. You know, God brought the two of us together and he has something beautiful for us and I think sometimes we just need to hear that that we, you know, we are affected by how we are raised, but we don't necessarily have to follow the same path. We have a choice here. We have a God who has, you know, wonderful things for our family and we really need to cling to that.
2: It's such good advice. One thing I would add is is find some mentors in your life who yes. do have a healthy marriage they're not going to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage, but there are healthy marriages out there. And look in your church, look in places where people love God, love each other. And you're going to find some people who are a little farther along in life and who are living out a healthy marriage and befriend them and learn from them. And not that they're going to replace your parents or, or anything like that, but what they can do is give you hope and give you the courage to be able to take those steps and say, you know what? I want what they have.
1: So true. We're gonna get to another question. It says, I try to be the leader in my family, but my wife is more dominant than I am. I constantly feel like a failure because she takes control of things. I'm afraid of living in her shadow for the rest of our marriage. What can I do? That's a great question.
2: Man, this is great. And this is something that Jimmy Evans talks about a lot, who's been such a mentor to to us and to really to to all of us. Um, that so many times when there's a dominant spouse in a marriage, that it just creates this really damaging mm-hmm. um, culture or climate within the home, uh, and, and sometimes it's the husband that has that dominant personality, sometimes it's the wife, but that dominance, it really comes from, uh, usually from an insecurity or a, or a pride issue within that dominant spouse. Now, you as the husband writing this question, this is not because of something that you've done wrong, that mm-hmm. she is exerting this dominance. This is actually kind of a sin issue within her. And so you need to you need to pray for her. But I would say you also need to lovingly um, lovingly serve and lead in the situation by establishing some healthy boundaries and say, because I love you, I can't allow you to, to be a bully in this situation. Right. There are a lot of resources specific to situations like this. I think maybe one of the best is a book called Boundaries mm-hmm. by Drs. John Townsend and Henry Cloud um, that can show you how to preserve that relationship while at the same time saying, this this, this behavior is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I want to serve and I want to lead and I want to love you, but I want to love you in a healthy way. And that, that means neither one of us can be a bully in this relationship.
1: So good, sweetie. You know, we, we could talk about this all day oh, long. Oh yeah, there's
2: so much to say about Please
1: it. Please check out our resources at marriagetoday.com and join this conversation. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and we want to let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today.